Welcome to the podcast and thank you for tuning in. I am your host Michelle Adra and I am a curious soul that like many others wants to live my best life. Here I am talking about subjects that go beyond the clouds such as what is EFT tapping? Why are we depressed? What is shadow work? Are tarot cards to be trusted? What diet is best for humans? Are our fears valid? What did Socrates have to say about life? And much, much more. Join me in my thoughts as we go beyond infinity. This is the Beyond the Clouds podcast. Hello, my beautiful soul friends out there. My name is Michelle and thank you so much for listening to another episode. As always, I am so truly grateful to borrow some of your time. So thank you, thank you and super thank you. In the previous episode, I talked about happiness, one of many never-ending topics. Today, I thought it was a good idea to talk about the five love languages because I have mentioned them already in other episodes, so why not? What is a love language? Well, it is how we express love and it's universal. How beautiful is that? Anyone can speak a love language. So what are the different love languages that I usually talk about in these episodes or mention in these episodes? Well, usually we talk about the five different ones that were created by a man or a doctor named Gary Chapman, who's also an author and a radio talk show host today. And the five languages that he talks about is the, or that he created, is the one receiving or giving gifts, two act of services, and three quality time, four words of affirmation, five physical touch. However, some people talk about seven new languages today, and it started as I understand it, with the CEO and founder of a company called Truity. I think it's a site for personality tests and etc. The founder's name is Molly Owens, who wanted a more modern theory to this um, to these love languages. Because Gary Chapman's five love languages was something that was talked about from the 1980s. There was a book published about these in 1992. His theory seemed to be fitting the married Christian couples in, you know, very stereotypical relationships. Truity made a survey that showed that with the gender norms being changed, so have our expectations of a romantic relationship. So they thought that it was more fitting to have, well, seven new love languages or talk about lit love languages in seven new ways, I suppose. So they talk about one activity partners taking an interest in one's hobby or interests second love language in their theory is appreciation similar to the old one which was called words of affirmation but partner giving compliments praises and appreciations is what this one is um talking about and the third one was emotional or is emotional partners who are present during the toughest well I guess and also the best times in one's life the fourth one was financial partners who are generous with their money very similar to the gift giving even though the gift giving doesn't have to be an expensive gift it is the thought that counts in that one the number five here is intellectual Partners who respect one's opinion and take part in discussions. And don't look at their partner like they're dumb or that they don't know enough. 
Number six, physical. Partners who hold hands, hugs, and so on. So I think almost exactly like the, the physical touch that Gary Chapman has in his theory. And the last one, seven, is practical. Partners who help with everyday duties and chores. Help the day go easier. I believe that the five love languages created by Gary Chapman still serve a purpose and could be something separate to the seven love languages by the company Truity. I use myself as an example later on, so we'll talk about that soon. But first, how do you found out which love language you have as your main? Because you can have several. You can have a second one or a third one as well. But it's usually one that you are a little bit more than the others. So there are several tests that are free online that you can do for the five love languages by Gary Chapman. And that will be a very easy way for you to get to understand which one you are. They have a lot of questions that you're answering and then you'll get the answer in the end. But let's pretend those don't exist and that you want to find it out without answering a bunch of questions online. Well, here are some ways to figure it out and how you can also figure out your partner's love language, if that's interesting to you, which I think it is. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Just, you know, how do you show someone else that you love them? Do you say it? I love you. I think you're the best. I can't believe you're in my life. You know, those kinds of things. Or do you prefer to show love by giving them a hug or a kiss or holding hands, pat on the shoulders, uh, shoulder or something like that? Or do you love to give them gift or create something and then give them that or make something, yeah, you know, make something yourself? Or do you spend time around them to show them that you love them? Do you show them that, uh, that you want to be around them? Is that how you show love? Or... Do you serve them in different ways? For example, are you um, giving them coffee? Are you giving them a massage? Are you, I don't know, just showing them or giving them some of your time in different ways, I guess, making them breakfast in bed and so on. (laughs) And yes, sometimes we express love by both being physical and giving gifts, for example, but try to see if there's one that you prefer over the other. And that might be the one, the love language for you when we look at the theory of Gary Chapman. When it comes to the traditional five love languages, I believe I'm a person who expresses love through words of affirmation today. It used to be physical touch as my number one, but after having kids and never having my body for myself, I've changed a little, but I still love hugs and kisses and the hand on my arm and so on. When it comes to the new seven love languages, I think you should ask yourself truly what is resonating with you the most. And again, for me, I think it is the one that is called practical. I love when my partner is juggling life with me. I love the feeling of us doing life together. This doesn't mean that I don't love the other stuff too, because like I said, we can. But if you had to choose just only one, well, the practical one would probably be the one for me. And like I said earlier as well, you could combine the two theories, in my opinion, the traditional five love languages and the modern seven love languages. 
So for me, it is that I feel loved when my partner with words expresses how much he loves me and sees me. When he appreciates the work or effort I put in to, well, grow myself, but also to make my family feel good and loved, I feel loved when my partner joins and is a natural part of everyday life. When my partner is present and does life with me. So that is how love is expressed in my world. So see, that's a lot of information, right? That you can get out by talking about love languages from the two theories. Why is it so important then to identify one's love language? And even though I touched a little bit on it, I'm going to do this. I'm going to use Socrates' method here and answer your question with a question. If you don't know when you feel loved, how can you expect someone else to know how to express love to you? If you don't understand your partner's or child's love language, how do you know they feel loved? Because I think that's important, right? The answer to any issue or problem is most of the time love. Unconditional love to yourself and to others would make a better world. I guarantee it, even if I might sound a bit too hippie for some of you, don't be afraid to trust that love can solve most problems. Michelle, if that's true, why is the world not a better place then? Well, because like I've mentioned in other episodes as well, power and money have for some dumb reason become more important to certain people than the love we could have for each other. Maybe some people think that, well, love is too easy. That can't be the answer to all huge problems. Or some might think, yeah, so if we just sit here and love the world, that will make hurricanes and the other natural disasters vanish. Sure, yeah. Or so if we love murderers and pedophiles, they won't harm more people. Sure, you try that. I'll pass. And I'm not saying that is how you should do it. I am saying that love heals and solves most problems, but love is not always a person saying I love you or giving someone a hug. Sometimes when we love the world, for example, we need to remove a leader that might be harming the planet from his her position and replace that leader with someone whose values are more kind to the planet and living creatures on it. Sometimes Love is when we lock a person in and give him or her rehabilitation and their therapy for X amount of years so he, she will not harm others or themselves. Love is sometimes tough love. Sometimes, however, though, tough love can be used as an excuse to get away with bad things like we had to start a war with this country because they wanted to harm our people or land first. So, you know, it's complicated. We need to understand love better so we can firstly love ourselves and others in a better and healthier way. But we also need to understand love better so we can see when it's not about love at all. Do you get what I'm saying here? That's it, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy this topic and that you will share this episode with others who might find it interesting as well. If you want to add anything or ask me something, feel free to send me an email to hey at michelleadra.sc, S-E. That's a Swedish hey in the beginning, H-E-J at michelleadra.sc. 
You can also find me on my website, www.michelleadra.se. I have an Instagram channel as well called michelleadra underscore author. Lots of love and high vibes. Talk to you soon. Bye.